Hello, guys, and welcome back to Beyond the Likes with Amy Gerard. I am here with my best friend, affectionately known as Bezel. You can say hello. Hello. <laughs> she has come in with me, and instead of just kind of getting her on as a guest in, you know, like pretending to call her and stuff, she's just going to jump on this entire podcast with me. She's having, you know, 30 minutes baby free time. How's mum life of two going? Well, it's only been a week. It's been a hot minute. It's been a week and a half so far. How's um, a, how's Pope adjusting? Pope could not give. <laughs> I'm not going to say a that. flying fuck. No, she could not give a flying fuck. She's I think too she's, little. She's too little. She's only one. But she does sympathy cry with him, right? And she gets that from me. I'm a massive sympathy cry. Bezel just I could cry. At disclaimer: anything. Bezel will probably cry on this podcast. <laughs> I'm a full blown cancerian. Cancerian. Yes, cancerian, and yeah. I'm an emotional mess ninety percent of the time. But I'm a water sign as well. I'm Pisces, and you're Cancer. You, I'm, Pisces is emotional. You cry. I, I'm not as I don't. I'm not, not as, as dramatic. much of a crier. I'm mm. more of a rager. That's my emotion. Yeah, I'm the polar opposite. Um, yeah, <laughs> definitely, a, definitely a crier. Um, okay, little backstory about Bez. So we're would you say we're quite opposite? The complete. Complete opposite. She, she's the yin to my yang and she's kind of the the calm to my crazy and the soft to my loud <laughs> and the chill to my energetic. What else are you? You're the sensible to my irresponsible. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd say you're probably the more mature one out of the both of us. Definitely. Yeah. But we met when we were about 15, 15 years old at Nikaz's a, birthday Nikaz's, party. Was it a 16th? A sweet 16th? Yeah, because she was older than me. I'm pretty sure I got really, really drunk and then passed out in her bedroom. And then I got up and I had no idea where I was. And I was so disorientated and I desperately needed to go to the toilet. And so I ended up just walking into her wardrobe and doing a wee in her wardrobe. You weed in lots of wardrobes. (laughs) Sounds like something I would do. But basically we met and... I still remember where we were. We're in the backyard. Yeah, we both did. We both have white pants on, white flares. I feel like I had white flares on. No, that was Daniel Wilson's. Oh yeah. yes, I had white flares. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. And well, I fell over and got a hole in my jeans. I remember. Yeah, and mm. the police came. Yeah, yeah. We went to some old house parties. Yeah. Well, we were in Nick Az's backyard. Well, did I'd, you just see me? And was it love at first sight? No, I definitely. I don't even know what happened, but we definitely clicked straight away. Yeah. But I don't. I like, don't remember who introduced us or how or whether I knew you through someone like or two, something. Two but it was basically very instant. Yeah. I and then you went away. When? You went somewhere. You went to, to the UK, UK for six weeks. And I remember talking you pined to you. After me. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> but I remember. Was it? It wasn't Facebook back then. What was ICQ. It? Okay. I remember talking to you about a white singlet. We were both into fashion a lot. Mm-hmm. And I remember talking to you about this white, white lace singlet that we'd bought. You need to talk into the I know. I'm yeah. sorry. She's a podcast virgin. <laughs> yeah. And the rest was really history, And right? then you came back and we were really good friends ever since. We were like two peas in a pod. We were sickly obsessed with each other, but not in a... Not in an unhealthy, yeah, not an unhealthy way. We just became best friends very quickly, and we were like a package deal. So you would never see Lauren without me, and vice versa. And I think we were both kind of the same height back then, before your boobs grew, and we had the same voice. So we used to be able to get away with a lot. And we had this. Do you remember we used to wear share bras, same bras, same same shoe size? size. What the fuck happened? Your 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 foot grew out. My foot got wider. <laughs> and mine got longer. And so now what size are you? I'm an eight. And yeah. you're like a seven wide. <laughs> I'm a seven. And I'm like a 10D and you're like a 12Z. Z, Z. Huge cans. And then basically the rest was history. So we did like everything together. We went through all of we, the stages together. We dated guys that were best friends. We 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 discovered fake tan together. We went through like an Oompa Loompa stage. We loved we, the Oompa. Yeah, we did. Wow, my mum hated it. Yeah. We ironed each other's hair. Do you remember the hair ironing stage? Is it you that has a scar from me? That's not from you. That was from Alex Horder. Uh, she so I just put the that. iron directly yeah. onto my face. Yeah. I've, I've, your dad sent me a text message the other day of a photo of you ironing my hair. Yeah. <laughs> and we were in Adidas button-up <laughs> yeah. tracksuit pants. Wow. Um, we also yeah. went through that stage where we were trying to be like 
European women from Greece and stuff and we dyed our hair black. And we always had the same hair colour at the same time. The if same. we had short hair, we both had short hair. If we had hair extensions, we both had hair, hair extensions. Yeah. If we both wore if we wore white flares, we, we both, both wore, wore white flares. flares. We loved a white matching dress. Yeah. Remember the white denim jackets? Yeah. Mm. We did a lot of literally we were like Tweedledee and Tweedledum. How adorable were we? We dated a lot of best friends, though, now that I'm, I'm looking yes. back. Yes, we did. Let's not say any of the names. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, it's just uh, – uh, I'm not even going to go there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I basically decided to piss off – well, I literally – my mum – You love to – I'm just a bit – Leave me. I'm just a bit of a free spirit. I remember I, when mu- you left – to New Zealand? Were you going to leave? And I cried in the restaurant. Yeah. No, but even before that, I my, I remember my mum, I was working in Bondi and my mum, and I had like a long-term boyfriend and my mum said, oh, we're going to go over to the UK and visit your grandpa for his 80th birthday. You know, for your 21st, we said we'll get you a, a, a ticket, ticket, an overseas mm-hmm. ticket. And I yep. was like, yeah, yeah, I want to come. I want to come. And they just went for two weeks and I, so I just packed a suitcase for two weeks and then I didn't come back for like, Two and a half years. Do you remember that? Was that the first the first time? Yeah. And when was, I and then yeah, I came yeah. over the first time. And then yeah. you came over every year. I mean two times. Yeah. We did Europe twice. We did Mykonos, we did Santorini, we did Paris, Portugal, we Paris. did Croatia, we did we did lots of countries. We had lots of fun. Oh, and you know what? In a good way, if you hadn't have gone, you probably I wouldn't have gone all done. Though. Yeah. And I hands down think it's something that everyone should do. Mm. Like everyone should have a young preferably single Europe holiday. My mum for so long used to say to me, go overseas and live abroad and you'll... You see, I could never do that. (laughs) Well, I had no desire to do it and then when I was over there, I mean, I probably had a few things playing in my favour because, you know, my mum's English, I've got the British passport, I got a job very easily. You had family there too, so it it wouldn't have felt so... Like for me, it would have been super overwhelming. Yeah. Whereas you could go down to Posse's house down and stay in, there and yeah. feel like it's home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I still think, man, like uh, it was the best thing I ever did. It was. It was the best the, thing you ever did. <laughs> you and moving you, was the best thing for me because yeah. it got me to go, yeah. which I wouldn't have done. And it's just like you just find your independence and you find yourself and you just. My mum was really hoping that I would come back knowing how to cook, but. That didn't happen. Didn't happen. No, I just lived on minestrone soup and packet lasagna for ages. What else? And then basically I came home and then it's funny because I still to this day think that Bezel's a psychic. So I was constantly in relationships and not like fleeting ones. Like I'd always give it a solid year, if not longer, but I would. I I actually don't remember you ever single. Yes. I'm. I Or not for long. Like you. And I'm not saying that like you've been like long-term relationships, mm. but it's, you'd almost get back into one. Sometimes I'd fall into them. I'd be like, fuck, how am I in a relationship yeah. again? I never searched for relationships. I I think when I meet guys, I'm like I'm always my best, the best version of myself mm. and the best version of Amy is so much fun and, you know, <laughs> I catfish them. <laughs> anyway. So I was back-to-back relationships and I remember you were single for like five, six years and I'll never forget you saying to me. I know what you're going to say. You said, I bet you, I feel like I bet you I get married before you. And I was like. And I'll struggle to have babies. And you'll struggle to have babies. Mm. And I was like, that's such a weird comment to I make. remember saying I'd have a business, I'd live near the water, but I'd struggle to fall pregnant. And I remember thinking I'll be that Arnie that mines. Oh, my God, you did say yeah. the water thing as well. Yeah, and I'd be that person, that that Arnie that would mine all my friends' kids, but I would struggle to have my own. And I have no idea why I would think that because that's super Am I going to move anytime soon? <laughs> Can you see that in my future? I really need my kids to have their own bedroom. <laughs> You're definitely going to move. Am I? Can you see it? Am I on the water? Tap into it. You're living next door to me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Let's make. Maybe you just manifest shit. Oh, you got to put it out there. Anyway, so basically, she was manifesting it, unbeknownst to her, and that was. Well, maybe I manifested <laughs> it and it came true. Yeah, I know. Happened. I know. And she did. So she met Trent T Bone, as we love to affectionately call him. <laughs> How long after you met him did you? We got engaged pretty much after a year, and then you got married in Bali six months later. Because we wanted to have a baby. 
Oh, and you were trying before your wedding, weren't you? One month before the wedding, we started trying. And old mate fucking Amy over here just had this like. And then you were a six, you were almost six months at my wedding, yeah. weren't you? Yep. Yeah, I, remember. I was a baby I was just, whale. What I mean, so uncomfortable there. I, and not only that, but I had remember I had polyhydramnios with Charlie, and I had so much fluid. And my, you remember my feet? I remember your at my wedding. You had to go and sit in the bath in an ice bath because mm. I had like club foot. That's but what it was, it was like. so hot. So I so could, I, being pregnant now, I can now. I just don't even know how you put up with that heat. Well. You obviously did did it because I did it for you, babe. You had no choice. Okay, so we could just pretty much ramble this whole time, but I really want to ask some of these questions because they'll be really helpful. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I think it's good. I'm just trying to think of an order, but I'm just going to freestyle. That's how I just do my life. So, (laughs) what is your favorite travel memory with Amy? Oh, God. I mean, we've had a few trips to Queensland. We won't talk about them. I think it would be Paris. Paris. Is that where we were, Bella and Armani? <laughs> we have a thing with changing our name. Yeah. We, which we'll touch on, I think. We'll go <laughs> through, some point. We'll go through the Bez story later. But we I like th- to give ourselves like uh, pseudo identities. I don't know why because it's not like anyone in Paris would know us. We did Paris and I think we were at our peak Oompa Loompa stage. I, and we both had long black curly hair, which frizzy and because it was raining oh, we and it was so humid and i also had that canon camera and i could put it on the tan skin setting oh god and we <laughs> you look back at it now and you think wow, wow. what were you doing but it was like the red the more orange the better, <laughs> the better. we could direct overhead flying airplanes and it was and, like we were in high vis and you know low. when you do your daytime makeup well that didn't happen either that oh. it was like full-blown nighttime makeup club makeup at, in, during in, the day in paris at 10 o'clock in the morning <laughs> but it was good we went up the eiffel tower we had a picnic underneath it yeah we, we went and had that we went to that restaurant we went to i think I think that was so nice because we went to this restaurant and we obviously had Amani and Bella. Bella. I was Amani, Amy was Bella. Amani. And <laughs> obviously I went through a stage. Yep. And we sat there with the owners of this restaurant and we met the chef yeah. and even though we were we young speak, and we were we young, we probably English. wouldn't have even have cared. But looking back at it now, it was like, it was so nice. It was so nice. And they were really charismatic. And We had a we, good flirt with some... Paris yeah, guys, hot French dudes, Parisian. Is it Parisian. like Parisians? Parisian. Yeah, right. Yeah. And it was amazing. And we pretended to try and speak French, even though we had no idea I could say one word. You were really good. I was bonjour. Yeah, comment allez-vous? You even got the like. Je m'appelle uh, Bella. <laughs> <laughs> You've got the ew that uh, that thing going on. I think that's all I know. I I was better when I was living over there. So that was your favorite memory. Oh look. Oh, we we had a few. Mykonos was a good time. Mykonos too. was fun. Santorini was fun. I get really sick when oh, I go away. Yes. I think it's because when I'm home, I work so much mm-hmm. that as soon as my body stops, you just basically break down. I shut down. Yeah, and I think that drinking opposite time zones just didn't agree with me at all. Yeah. Okay. Well, leading into that really led me into nothing. But I'm just going to ask. <laughs> I was like, what can I start with now? Okay, so a lot of questions came through asking all about your business. Now, mm. before you answer this question, I should let you know that Bezel has had multiple businesses. What was your first one? Tea bags? Yeah, I think so. It was the bag one, right? And it we was went down like, to Melbourne for the expo? Yeah, it was like canvas shopping totes and T-shirts. That was weird. God, like, that feels – and we called it tea bags. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Where did you get that name from? Because it was teas, teas and, and bags. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, cute. Not I just couldn't say tea bag. I had to say tea bags. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so – and now you have so – like, So we had tea bags and then we had Maple Avenue. Maple Avenue, where you got me to be the model, Model. and I was so shit. No, you weren't. I was so shit. Maple Ave was basically an online e-commerce store that someone hired me and my current business partner to open, Mm. and we basically just got wholesale stock from Surrey Hills and shot it, and we probably had it for a year before we sold it it to him, the other owner, the silent owner. We sold it back. And then so Sunday's the label. Is that the one that you started in your mum's garage? No, we started Sunday's in Mel's, my business partner now, 
in her in her garage. But what was the thing that you used to do in your mum's well, garage? Well, we moved Sunday. So when okay. we grew out of Mel's garage, garage we then went to my mum's ba- mum and dad's basement. Oh, that's what I meant. Yep. And then we were there for, I don't even know, just over a year. And then we moved to the factory in Miranda. Remember, it was like 40 degrees in there. Oh, yeah. You used to die every time you'd visit. Yep. And then from there, we just kept growing, growing and moving. And now you are literally everywhere in the world. Now we're stocked internationally, yeah. So you're in Revolve in the States. We're in Revolve. You're in ASOS. ASOS. That was a big one for me. ASOS is massive. Revolve is massive. ASOS was probably my – because I shopped there so much. You know, we used to buy so much when we were young. You'd buy from ASOS. And I think, yeah, that when we got that, that was pretty big for me. I had a moment. I don't have moments with my business You never have moments. She doesn't celebrate any of the wins. (laughs) She's just like – very, 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 very humble, almost too humble. I celebrate for her. So what kind of advice would you give to someone who was looking at starting an e-commerce business? It is so hard. <laughs> yeah. It is. I don't even want to sugarcoat it. It's it's really difficult. You put your balls on the line and mm. you throw everything into it and you just you really hope that your hard work Pays, pays off. off. The good thing about me and Mel is Mel and I, sorry, is we both are fighters, and you have to be a fighter when you have your own business because you get rejected that you many get so times. many setbacks, don't so you? many no's. I remember when we first <coughs> tried to sign up to a wholesale because we wholesale as well as retail. We were signing up to a fashion agency to sell our stock on behalf of us, mm. and I'm sure they would get that many young girls that have a fashion label, you yeah. know, and no one really cared about us. <laughs> and we tried and we tried and we had no, 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 come back to me in your next collection and blah, blah, blah. No one really gave us a go. How many years did you have to, like, plug away at it? Remember we had the store at Panorama? The little pop-up store. The little pop-up store. Yes. So we decided to give it a go in retail and, and have a pop-up store. In Westfield. Yeah, and yeah. it went really well. Yep. And I think it was the first time Mel and I was like, okay, these people aren't giving us a chance, but people like our stuff. Yeah. And it was the first time where we got our confidence a little bit. Mm. And then it was, <laughs> it was that long ago. It was back at the day where Sydney Fashion Blogger had just, she was like the first influencer real type influencer. Thing, yeah. And the style of how you marketed your brand went from, you know, trying to get into like your shop to your drops or, you know, your magazines, your magazines. and editorials so That and used stuff. to be where you'd aim to get, right? Mm-hmm. You'd aim to be featured in a magazine. Mm-hmm. And then it changed to who's wearing your stuff. And Sydney Fashion Blocker back then was pretty much the first. She's the first one that I can think of. Yeah, she's she, the first she, did the, she did the mirror selfies in the elevator. That was her thing, right? She yeah. used to – I think she, she worked at one of the magazines and every morning she'd take a photo of what mm-hmm. she was wearing and it was when Instagram just took off mm-hmm. and that's kind of when she wore something of ours. I remember it was the – it was a skirt. She wore this skirt and she paired it with a Dion Lee top and it was just the most amazing pick and it sold out and just – we just could not get enough of this skirt and because she wore it all these stores all of a sudden were like we need to stock this skirt which Mm. then made all these agencies that said no to us come groveling back came and say to us we need to sign you up so it was the power of social media hey oh and look there's a thing with how people feel about influencers but without that moment we basically are where we are because we finally got noticed. Mm. And, I mean, we had had that skirt for so long yeah. and it wasn't until she wore it that people were like, who's, finally noticed. who's this brand and yeah. ha- can we stock you in our stores? And it was, a, it was a massive changing moment for Sundays where we became a brand and we just stopped being this friendship that had a clothing label and people took us seriously. Oh, that's so good. But it's hard because if you stopped when you got rejected. That would be the end. And you just have to give up so much. Like I remember I was working at Proactive. Do you remember? Yeah, yeah, Proactive, the the skincare. And I was trying to do Sundays on the side and Mm -hmm. it was just not working because I just didn't have the time, right? You needed to invest more time. I needed to work on Sundays full time. So we decided to set up a store in Miranda. If this isn't the biggest 
punch in the face, this story, <laughs> but this will show you how much you get shut down before. I don't know if you remember this. The store lasted four days. I remember. It was out the front of Big W, right? Yep. Before Westfield turned around and said, I don't like where your store is. We need to pull your lease. What? Why? Because we were out. Didn't the- they put you there? Of course. Yeah. So but what? we were out the front. I'm thinking it's because we were out the front of like Dotty. Sports girl. Um, yeah, and yeah. they, you know, obviously Someone complained. They're, they're paying a lot of money to have these big stores and there's like a little pop-up store in the middle taking their traffic. Mm. Anyway, it lasted four days. So we'd bought all this stock. We'd hired staff. We'd invested all this money into this store mm-hmm. and then that we signed for, I think, I don't know, one or two years, whatever, and boom. Oh, you signed the pop-up store for two lease. years? I signed the lease. You were going to be there for two years? One or two years. I can't remember. And Anyone. they pulled it after four days? Four days. So wow. you can imagine I had a shop fit out. Like, not a shop fit out. A, pop, a pop-up store pop-up fit store. out. Pop-up store, yeah, 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 I know. Which Trent made everything for. Mm-hmm. And then bought all the clothes, staff, Dogs. training, pulled it. And then I'd also quit my job for that at Proactive. Mm-hmm. Four days later, nothing. That's disgusting. That's what I mean. It, it is so difficult. It could have been so easy for you to throw the towel in then and there. Then and there, I was like, what are we doing? Mm-hmm. Like, this is just too hard. I want a steady income again. Yep. We were really lucky that, you know, I was in a, a relationship with Trent, which I knew would was going to be. He kind of financially supported you for a, well, basic, almost a year, right? Basically, we said to our partners, we really believe in this business. Yep. But the only way to do it is for us to back it. Go and, full and, throttle. Yeah, which meant that if I wanted a drink, I'd say to Trent, can I have $3 <laughs> to buy a can of Coke? <laughs> so, well, like, it that was, was me and having it, babies. For someone that is quite independent and very prideful, mm. it was very hard because all of a sudden I had no, you know, I had nothing. You and were I was, financially dependent I was throwing myself into this business every day, praying to God that it, it worked because I'd given up so much but I feel like it's absolutely paid dividends. Like, look at you now. But, okay, I don't know if that's going to put everybody <laughs> off from starting an e-commerce business. No, I don't think it is. I think it's really important because I have had heaps of friends that have started businesses and it and – it, You just have to have drive, right? You, you have to have you drive ha- and you want – you have you to have, have a desire to make it You have to work. really, really want it because yeah. if you go in thinking that you're going to get – a huge financial benefit straight away, you are very, very much mistaken. And it's not going to be easy. No. And there's going to be lots of tears. I mean, you've seen how. Yes, I've been on the journey. Lots of, well, it's bloods. it's all your blood, sweat and tears. Yeah. It is definitely one of the hardest things, but most rewarding things I've ever done. Yeah. I had a moment today, or oh, not today, yesterday. Mm. We're getting ready for Black Friday sales. Mm-hmm. And I walked into the factory. I've, I had a, I had my son a week and a half ago and I walked in to She's help. She's already back at work. <laughs> to help, workaholic. To help them get ready. And I walked in the back door, which is the factory door, and it was there was heaps of staff there packing and there was like 400 boxes everywhere and I was like, wow. You're killing it. No, it wasn't even a, a killing it. it You're was, allowed to take that compliment. <laughs> She's killing it. No, it wasn't. It was more like we did it. Like, and she's just moved to a ginormous factory. It's so big. It's very impressive. You're a big dog now. Stop it. You are. But I think I, I'll tell you one thing that I, I've – someone said it to me the other day. I can't remember who it was, but, like, I even look at Mel now and think of – Mel, sorry, I keep saying Mel like everyone knows who she That's is. That's all right. My business partner, Mel, she's yeah. had three children mm-hmm. along the ride of – Starting up a business. Someone said – like when you go back to work after you've had kids, you're going back to the same job, but you're adding children to it. So it's like we're superwomen, right? Absolutely. I've never had more respect for females. Oh my god! Than what I do now because we are by far the superior race. You you coordinate, right? You coordinate your whole business, and then on top of that, you've got this whole other thing that you've just added to that's counting on you to survive because they've got nothing else, right? Of course. And it's just the women are constantly juggling multiple balls, and I feel like the older you get, the more balls you start getting and responsibility. It's crazy. It's a lot. So that's a good question. How do you juggle your work-life balance? I don't I don't think I do it well. I try. I honestly don't I don't know the answer. I don't I, I mean I say this to you ever since you've started getting a bit busier with work and yes. and juggling the kids. It's mm-hmm. like 
you always feel like you're failing at something, right? I just feel like I... Well, you're never I doing something feel, really good. Yes. There's always something you're doing. Like, I could be acing it at work. We could bring out an amazing collection and I could be completely thinking, well, you know what? We've nailed this. And then I could be You've like... You've neglected your child in I'd the be process. Like, yeah. You know, or oh, Hope's, have- Hope's had a packet meal for the last God knows how many days because mm. I haven't even had a chance to even think about giving her anything... But I think that's life. I I really do. And I think when you are when you do have your own business, I can only say this now being on the other side of things. I I had f- you know 4 years where I didn't I was just a stay-at-home mum. Not to pretend like that wasn't a you know a challenge in itself, but when you're just a stay-at-home mum, I don't want to say just. When you're a stay-at-home mum, my sole responsibility was just to be their mum and to raise them and to look after them and nurture them and do play dates and everything like that. Ever since I have started taking on work, writing for The Latch, doing this podcast, you know, booking more jobs through Instagram and stuff like that, the juggle is so real. So real. Mm. Like I don't feel like I ever stop. And Mm. even though, I, I mean, I've got Kobe in preschool two days, but that, that's it. I've got two days. And, I mean, how quick does that day go, though, too? Oh, my gosh. And I do <laughs> dropping them off and picking them up before you know it. And then you're like, have I even done it? What have I done? We, I shot a – I did a big content day yesterday. And I dropped Charlie off. Then I dropped the boys off. And then Lisa came around and we were filming stuff for Woolies and Maya. And, like, I would love people to be a fly on the wall just to see how much work and effort has to go into every single little thing. But then I literally blinked. And it was three o'clock and I had to go and pick up Charlie. Mm. Your oh. work is undervalued. Like, yeah, see, it's hard because people just look at it and go, oh, you put an Instagram post up, a oh, video. Listen. And you're like. The whole Instagram thing, that's going to be it's a whole other podcast. I reckon I could talk about it for thousands it, of years. Yeah, I don't think people realise how much effort goes into each. I mean, I know because I've seen you do it and I obviously know because of work. But, like, it, yeah, it's massive. It's not just like a video, is it? Oh, God, no. I had to put on a Christmas feast yesterday. And you don't even cook. Did you burn it? <laughs> I didn't even cook. That's why Lisa was there. Um, <laughs> no. Actually, I Did didn't. you eat it? Was it edible? Yeah. No, no. It was all delicious. It was absolutely amazing. I had to invite my family around. Hey, guys, come over for a Christmas feast uh, in November. Oh, yeah, yeah. Makes sense now. Anyway, I want to quickly ask you some more questions because a lot of questions came through all about your infertility mm-hmm. and I guess if you are happy to talk about it. Happy to talk happy about to it. Happy to talk about it. Um, okay, so uh, can you <laughs> can you talk? I, I just don't want you to ups, get upset or anything. I'll probably cry. Yeah. Do you want to talk about your struggles to get pregnant? How long it took you when you started trying, when you realised that there was something obviously wrong. something not happening? So we started trying the month before the you wedding. Went to Bali. Yeah. And we probably tried naturally for a year. The problem with that as well was, I don't know if you remember, but Trent moved to Queensland. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, so basically almost... Didn't he do Queensland and then Melbourne? Melbourne. So basically we made a decision. He had the opportunity to... um, He's a builder and to build a couple of stores in Queensland and Melbourne. And we decided that he would go and work interstate for a year. Yep. And I would come or he would come back and forth on weekends. But we were also trying for babies. I remember, I remember you were doing the tracking and you would fly up to bang. Basically, yeah. So we, what we'd do is we, okay, so when we were trying naturally and it wasn't happening, we went to an IVF clinic yep. and we told them our situation and said he lives over in the state, blah, 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 and they recommended trying ovulation tracking, which is done through blood tests. So basically I get a blood test from a certain day onwards that says, you should have sex at this time. Yeah. So what I would do is I'd book a flight. <laughs> God, I sound like a positive. <laughs> I would Just book a high class escort yeah. for your high husband class. only. Yeah. On a Tiger forty nine dollar <laughs> flight. <laughs> so I would travel to Queensland. They would say book a flight. You need to stay there for two days. This is what you need to do. Blah 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 blah. And then I'd fly home. Yep. Romance. Oh, man. that Just saying that makes me feel sick. <laughs> yeah, look, it wasn't ideal, but you do what you got to do, right? Yep. Didn't work. Mm. Um, so after a year of, of flying uh, to try and do that, we then decided to start IVF. We did a bunch of tests. Nothing came up alarming. So I decided to do my first round of IVF, which oh, 
was so overwhelming. With me, the first time I do anything, I'm an yeah, absolute yeah. mess. Yeah. yeah. Wasn't a successful round at all. I think I ended up with, I actually only ended up with one egg after. I remember this. Yeah. Yep. Put the egg back in, didn't work. And I basically was like traumatized and never wanted to do it again. <laughs> I was like, you don't like needles what have either. I done? Oh, it wasn't so much a needle. It was just a head fuck. Like yep. it's just an absolute mind. Yeah. Like you and get you so, so excited because you're like, oh, my God, I've got an egg and it's in and it's fertilized and I find out in 10 days and then I'd convince myself I was pregnant because I'd have a sore boob or something. <laughs> and then the shutdown of, hey, it's negative and you've just gone through a month of hell and however many thousands of dollars later. Yeah. And then I had this massive, massive break, which is probably one of my biggest regrets mm-hmm. because... How long was the break for? Oh. Maybe a year, oh, maybe I, seven months or something. Yeah, enough. But I mean, people go, oh, "It's only seven months." You got to remember, there's only twelve times a year you can fall pregnant. Yeah. So it's like I basically shut myself out for a year, and then I decided to change clinics and give it another go. And I'm pretty sure I did at least four transfers with that clinic and a couple of retrievals, and I fell pregnant. With one of them. Mm-hmm. And then I'll never forget this. We went to our first scan and I was shitting myself. Mm. And it was at seven weeks and basically you go to get a heartbeat, right? Mm-hmm. And I walked in and she was like, oh, there's the heartbeat. And I just remember like instant relief, right? Like you saw the heart ticking. You're like, I got there. Oh, my God, I've got there. Like, you know, however many steps it took me to get here, but I got a heartbeat. That was like. I remember where I was when you called me. And then kind of the room went silent a little bit and she was like, yeah, in a nutshell, it's not beating as fast as it should be. It doesn't look good. But you never know. Like, obviously, they try to be positive. You know, let's come back in three days. And I just knew. Yeah. You just know. And I remember calling my IVF clinic and they were so straightforward. They were like, yeah, with that. You're miscarrying. Yeah, you're miscarrying, right? And then she said, "Um, come back in three days. You can imagine those three days, yeah? Mm. Um, And let's see if if it's improved. And I remember going three days and that one person was scanning me and she went and got another person and they just took so long. And it was like they just didn't want to. Didn't want to say They just didn't want to. They could see... You know, obviously an IVF pregnancy, it's a very wanted pregnancy Mm -hmm. and they could see how much. And then I actually had to say to them, you can just say that it's not there. Like, come on, I've been here for how long now? And then talk about going from the biggest high to the biggest low. I just remember going home and I was just so defeated. It was just... Like the most surreal experience. But anyway, you keep going. Mm -hmm. I can't remember if that naturally, I naturally. Passed it? No, I think I had had a disease. God, there's been that many. I don't even remember. (laughs) Anyway, so I think I had a DNC with that one. And then I went back to work after it. (laughs) Because that's what I do. You just keep trucking along. You just got to keep going, right? So I just kept busy. That was mm-hmm. my thing. I just kept busy. Mm-hmm. And then after that, I did another round with that IVF clinic and it was, I'll never forget this. They sent me an email saying we've got 50% off. And I remember thinking this is so fucked up. What? I don't know if you can do a sale on this. <laughs> That's so fucked. It's so, so. I look back at it now and think that is the They wor- do a Black Friday sale. They did a Black Friday sale on Sickos. Me. Anyway, it was fucked. But mm. I just... I was like, it's 50% off. Let's like go a, another round. Anyway, I did it. It was a horrible <laughs> round. I got barely any eggs, and which was weird because when they were testing my eggs, I, his chant was fine, I was fine. So it was weird to be getting such horrible results. Anyway, they put another egg back in after that. <laughs> this is a good story. And it... I bled, so I before I even could go for the pregnancy test, started I started bleeding. bleeding. So mm-hmm. I ruled, I was like, oh, well, fucking, didn't work again. Yep. I didn't even know what one I was up to. By this stage, I was beyond counting, yeah? Is this the real head fuck one? They <coughs> rang me. He said, oh, to, to, 
to finalize this this round, you need to have a pregnancy test. Yep. And I said, what's the point? I'm going to drive into the city again for you to tell me no. I'll go, but I'm going locally. Like mm-hmm. I'm not going through you guys because it's just too annoying. So anyway, I took the pregnancy test. They called me in the afternoon and said, you're pregnant. And I was like, sorry. I've just been like heavily, heavily bleeding, not just a little bit. And it was, you're pregnant, but we think it's eptopic. Mm-hmm. And I was like, isn't this why we do IVF? We skip the tubes, we yeah. skip whatever, right? Anyway, for the next couple of days, I had to keep doing these blood tests to see if my levels were climbing or if it, you know, they were going to go Dropping down and whatever. And they were climbing, they just weren't climbing enough. So Wasn't it like your progesterone wasn't climbing my progest- or something? My tr- progesterone was really low. Yeah. But the HCG was going up, mm. just not enough. Yep. Anyway, it got to two days before Christmas – you were flying. I had booked Hawaii. When I, when I started bleeding, I was like, fuck it, we're going on a holiday and we're going to Hawaii for Christmas. Yeah. And obviously, eptopic pregnancies are not good. Oh. They're really dangerous. Really dangerous. So I, when I, they made me go for an emergency scan, but they couldn't find where it had implanted because I was so early. Because normally you have to wait to see... Yeah, it was, I think I was like five weeks or something. Mm-hmm. So the guy was like, you're not going on a holiday, cancel it. And I was like, I'm going on this. You cannot stop me. You cannot stop me. I'm not going to let another thing ruin. How many more disappointments can you be? Yeah. You now want to take my fucking Christmas holiday away from me? Like, yeah. no. Anyway, he was like, you cancel your holiday. You can't go. You're too much of a risk, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, I rang my IVF doctor and after the scan, she was like, I'm so sorry. What we can do is let's do a couple more blood tests and I had to go to certain places because by then it was Christmas holidays as well. And luckily my levels started to drop. So she said to me, you're going to miscarry naturally. It's not in a tube. And it we actually never found out where it implanted. But I always thought eptopic was just your tube. It's mm. not. It's basically anywhere but where it's supposed to be. Oh, I didn't realise that either. Yeah, which is why I never had to have... It, a it, tube removed or anything like that. Yeah. Anyway, Christmas Day, <laughs> I woke up, I had breakfast with my family and then I got to the airport and I started bleeding. Miscarrying. Yeah. And Merry Christmas. Merry fucking Christmas, Lauren. <laughs> anyway, I got on the plane and it, it was just horrible. Mm. It was the most horrendous and if anyone's had a miscarriage before you'll know you bleed like an absolute i don't know the word but you bleed a lot yeah yeah anyway got on the plane worst eight hours ever got off the plane couldn't even enjoy hawaii because i'd take a step and i'd just feel like i was just gushing Mm. out of me yeah, basically I had five or six days in Hawaii where I couldn't swim. I couldn't do anything. It was 40 degrees. I felt like I was going to pass out and I spent 10 grand on a holiday that I shouldn't have gone on. But at least you got there. But That's I got there, positive. right? Yeah. So from that point, then I decided to change clinics again. Mm-hmm. So by this stage, I'm on my third clinic. Yep. Mainly because fresh eyes, fresh opinions, you just get sick of hearing the same shit. I feel like you weren't getting... I was. They I were just, don't feel like they you were, were being listened to no, by the middle one. No, we won't name drop any we're of them. We're definitely not going to do that. But anyway, I, we moved to the new clinic. Yep. New doctor, personality <laughs> zero, knowledge great. You just suck it up, right? Yep. You think, oh, you know, you're not there to make friends. Yeah. Anyway, the best. Mm-hmm. Right. He took one look at me and said, "You've had." By this stage, I think I'd had eight transfers. Yep. Right. He said, "You've had eight transfers. They're all really good eggs." There's something going on. Something is not right because yeah. how can you have eight good really eggs? Great eggs. You ovulate normal. Everything's normal. And I'll never forget this saying. He said, you can't bake a cake if the oven's broken. <laughs> and I was like, what the? F- okay. He goes, I want you to do. Me an oven? Oh, I've, I've kind of missed a huge part of it, but I'll come back. He said, I want you to do a laparoscopy. Yeah, And I had done one with my previous clinic. And in my previous clinic, they had said to me that there was a cyst on my fallopian tube. That it was weeping. Weeping. They don't know if it could be the reason why I'm not falling pregnant. But heads up, 
basically heads up, you've got this, not sure. Did they remove it? No. So this guy said, if that's the case, you need to have another one and I'm, I'm going to assume he's going to move that tube, right? Anyway, before we did that, because the lead time between when I could get in for the laparoscopy, I just did another round of IVF, right? And that was, again, grade A egg, put in, not successful. Mm-hmm. So he was like, it has to be something. It has to be. So stop doing rounds. Let's do this. Let, let's do this. Surgery. Let's do it, right? And I remember we did it. I woke up. The doctor was there and he said, I removed your tube. It was dripping everywhere. Your other tube's not the best either, but I left it in because I didn't want to make you infertile. Oh, my God. And I was like, fuck, okay. To me, any any news is good news because you just want a fucking answer, You want right? a reason, right? I wanted to know why this was happening to me. Yeah. And I'm a fixer. I think that's what I do. It's yep. part of my job. I make shit happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So for me to have no answers this whole time. You're like, I'll put a prosthetic tube in. <laughs> yeah. I'll do what I have to do. Exactly. Anyway, have the surgery, remove the tube, put an egg in, pregnant. Implants in the wrong spot again. Implants in my cervix. Fuck's sake. Went to the scan, tried to get the heartbeat. No heartbeat. It's in the cervix. It's it's basically on the the right on the cusp of your cervix. So basically if it grew, it could never be viable because it had no room to no room. room yeah. Right. So they said to me, wait till you can miscarriage naturally. And I waited and waited and waited. By this stage, I got to nine weeks. Still HCG going up. Obviously a not viable pregnancy. I took myself off Christmas again to the hospital and I got another DNC. Mm-hmm. Went home and it was just like another day. DNCs for me ended up becoming like like a shopping trip to Coles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, the next month I put the next egg in, pregnant again, and that was my baby Hope. Yeah, in the right spot. Right spot, and it, it felt very different this time. It just, it just. Did you, you know, I you knew. knew from the start, Bezel was getting all the signs, don't get all emotional. <laughs> oh, I just look, I look back at it to think, oh. What a journey. Like, f- how many times do you want to punch me in the face? And then to get to that scan, and I remember I drank so much water because I was so nervous and I wanted to make sure that the ultrasound could see, yeah. You drank four <laughs> litres of water. And I couldn't even think in the ultrasound because I was busting that much to yeah. pee. And she was like, yep, there it is, the right spot. See its heartbeat, ticker, 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 everything's fine. Next. And I was <sighs> like... Sorry. <laughs> what do you mean? And I did know. I from that moment on I knew that that was my baby. I knew that you know I I had a really good experience remember with that guy that imps, that put it back, put the egg in, the he, doctor. Yeah. I just I don't know. I just knew. I knew that that was it and I felt super super calm about that pregnancy. Is there a reason why you went round 2 so quickly? That's another question. I, I already know the answer. I, I knew that if I went round two quicker, it, it, would, it would work. Yeah. I, I was I was almost adamant when that they put this baby back in mm. that I was going to be pregnant. Yeah. Because I knew that – I now know why I wasn't falling pregnant. It was, it was never my egg. a leaky egg. tube. I had a shit tube. A leaky tube. Yeah. And now that – And they – as soon as you got the tube out, you fell pregnant. Three Granted times. Granted, the silly egg implanted in the wrong place. Mm-hmm. But I feel like I'm a big believer that once you've fallen pregnant, like your body, I mean, I, no disrespect if this hasn't been the case for other people, but I feel like your body knows well, they what it's say, doing, right? They say that your body, yeah. So knows that, what to do more so. It wasn't even an option for me to wait. Because Why in my head, you as well, you'd already waited five, six years. But in my head, I was like, "What happens if it takes another five? When well, yeah. I'm going to wait two years to be then told, oh, it's going to be another five, five year years.' Journey. And to me, you know, I know, and and people just th- were thinking I was crazy. That's why I took so long to tell people. But like, shouldn't care about it. I definitely, else. looking back now, that's obviously I don't. But like, I look back now and think, I yep. would do that. I would. I would have it hard, whatever your hard is, 
obviously everyone's different. And Mel again said to me, everyone's everyone's got a different level of heart, right? Yeah. You know, having a four-year-old and having a newborn is hard. The four-year-old yeah. wants to go. You're trying to keep You've your baby asleep, asleep, whatever. Yeah. You know, what was I thinking doing it so close? Hard to me is five years of IVF. Yeah. Being poked and probed and telling me I'm pregnant, losing babies, having DNCs, being in hospitals, that's hard. Yeah. Hard to me so far isn't Hope and Cooper. Yep. That's hard for 20 minutes at a time. But you know? I, I, I'm a bit, like, I don't think there's a perfect age gap with any children. I had 22 months between all my three. Uh, like, there's no, it's not like, oh, if you have a three-year age gap, it's really easy. <laughs> No, and, and that's what it's I... It's a juggle regardless. And I think the problems I have are probably different to the problems that you're going to have with having yeah. them further apart. Like I'm sure it's hard with Charlie being at school, Bobby being at daycare, having co- like being at three places. Yeah, but you just... You, you just do what you got to do yeah. and you get it done. How many more eggs have you got on ice? Three. Are you going to put them in? I will never get rid of them. I... Like I don't do, do I want six so, do you want five, do, do you want I five? want five no but you're going to put another one in but you're going to have a bigger gap this time yeah I think my OB would probably shoot me if yeah. I came back pregnant again okay wow we've almost been 50 minutes Wash the people that keep asking for longer podcasts these are for you <laughs> uh we're probably going to get kicked out of this studio soon did oh god they're all really long questions what's the best parenting advice I've ever given you oh I think you're I think we're good because we parent I think we're pretty similar with how we parent, yeah? Mm. So um, probably the one thing that sticks out is the first four months. I just I remember you saying, don't try and do anything. You lead by them for the first four months. And, and that's, surrender. And that's exactly what I I did with Hope and that's what I'm doing with Cooper. Yeah. you just got to roll with the punches and don't try. And then and- after that it was... Oh, you were like my go-to. I remember once ringing you and Hope was screaming and she doesn't, she's not a screamer. So I was like, dream baby. What is, what have I done? And you were like, okay, let's go through it all. Clean nappy. I'm like, yes, I just cleaned her. And she's like, have you fed her? And I was like, no, (laughs) Um, I have forgotten to feed the baby. (laughs) And that's why she's angry. I'll call you back. Yeah. (laughs) But. No, I think I think it's the first four months thing. You you know, you're so like you just bought this little baby home, and you're so overwhelmed, and you just gotta run with it. And I think people want routine, and I just my biggest little my biggest advice with for anyone is you just gotta surrender and roll with the punches in the first four months, and just enjoy it. Like enjoy the. First, oh God, I would kill kill for a newborn. Take it. It's just I will take Cooper. I think another big thing, and I I had a very big serving of this the other day, mm. is no day is the same. No. So if you have a bad day and you're you feel like you're failing, this was me two days ago. I just was like, I just thought, I've just I can't. I don't. I'm not doing anything right, and I just was so upset. I couldn't. I just had a mum fail day where I just felt like no matter what I did, it was wrong. <clears throat> I've had a few of them. <laughs> and I went to bed and I was so upset and I woke up and I was like, it's a new day today. Start and fresh. it was literally the polar opposite. It was everything ran right. She was amazing. He was amazing. Fit in everything. And I went to bed so happy and you just got to really ride the wave, hey? Yeah, far out, mate. That's but I'm like that every morning. I'm gonna start afresh. I'm gonna be a so I'm gonna be the nicest mum. <laughs> gonna be heaps cool, calm and collected. And then by lunchtime it start, everything starts to go to shit. By the afternoon I'm like rah, 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 fuck it, rah. Yeah, at least you tried, right? <laughs> I try and then I go to bed and I'm like riddled with guilt. I shouldn't have yelled and I shouldn't have done that and then I'm gonna be better the next morning and then I wake up and I repeat it and I've yeah, done that for five I- years. Yeah, but you, you nah. I was you actually need to give yourself more credit. Oh, listen, I go all right. My kids are happy. Your kids are very, very happy kids, and yeah, you can have a scream here and there, but like overall, they're well looked after, happy little babies. Like you, you got very smiley children. <laughs> smiley children. They're all beautiful. Um, okay, so we're going to wrap this up. <clears throat> what is one thing that you would say to someone who is going through infertility? <sighs> Oh, it's so hard. It's so hard. I've, 
I, I swear I have some type of PTSD from... Oh, my God. You absolutely 100% would. I I want to tell you not to give up, but I pretty much gave up by the end of it. I was like, I gave myself two months. I said to train, we are going to try till June. And if we don't get pregnant by June, we are going to rem- get remarried in Bali in October on our renew fifth year. Vows. We're going to renew our vows and we're going to start fresh. And that's not going to involve a baby because this has... Over, like, it's been my life for five years and I need to move the fuck on. I, I know this is people who I, I really shouldn't comment on this, but I feel like you give up this and you happens. Feel mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like this thing where, like, you make peace with it and you. I come- used to hate when people say this. I know, too, I know. It's, it's, and especially. It's, it's so true, though. Because as soon as I did that, I'm pretty sure it was the next month. The you next month I fell pregnant. And I. And. Oh, I want to tell you not to give up because look at me. I'm the epitome of what of not giving up. I'm not giving up and yeah. now look what I've 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 got, you know, everything that I tried so hard to get. But I can't tell you not to give up because I know that feeling. I know it just consumes you so much and it just And it's a scary thought to think that you can just try and try and try and try and eight, ten years later you're still trying and in the meantime, ten years of your life has gone past. Well, you gotta think. So if I was trying every month, mm. so every month I was like I wouldn't drink or I would, you I know, treat know. my ba- treat my body like I was pregnant, pregnant. and it is so consuming. Yeah. And then if you did have a drink and you had a big night, you'd feel guilty. And then on or you couldn't because you're in the middle of stabbing yourself every night with injections. So it really just overtakes your life. So I want to say don't give up because don't give up. If you can keep going, can keep going. And how you get through it, I anyone that ever messages me about it, I just say ride the wave. Get upset, cry, talk talk to that's a whole other story if I, you know the more you talk to people the more you realize how common it is the more advice you get like anyway ride the wave get upset get angry and then keep going you just gotta keep going because like i said there's only 12 times a year this is getting pregnant isn't something that you you can do try every week to every do. day you know you've got a couple of days a month mm-hmm. where you can make it happen so yeah how to keep going, you just got to pull something and picture your little baby and and just keep going. Tap into some unknown strength. And and it's hard because people around you are falling pregnant like... Did you hate me when I was falling pregnant? I know. <laughs> I actually think it would have been harder for you or, you know... It was fucking horrible for me. I remember, I'll never forget, going back to Hawaii... I had messaged you and I was like, yeah, I've started bleeding, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, what did Ryan give you to cri- for Christmas? And you sent me a photo of a pregnancy <laughs> test. And it was for Co- – that was I'm pretty sure it was Kobe. Was it? Yeah, it would have been Kobe. And I was like, God, we could not be <laughs> more opposite, like, that's at our, all. But that's our friendship summed up, isn't but it? But I also think like, – I, you know – now that I've had kids as well. Wait, that made me come across very insensitive. I've never oh, been no. insensitive, have I? No. Or have I? No. No, no, no. 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 But I asked you what you got for Christmas. <laughs> and my biggest thing with Bezel was I, as horrible as it was that she was going through. Don't lie. I, to, don't ne- hide I never from lie me. anything. I never lie. I never lie anything. I never lie to her. And I never, and I think that's a true test to our friendship. It was not, not your fault either. But also but I, we were on polar opposite pages. We were in completely different stages of our life. And yet our friendship remained unwavering constant. And I feel like that's but a I, credit I, to us. I also think, and I was only thinking about. I was about, having a moment there. Oh, did you have it? Yeah, I'm, I'm past it now. <laughs> I already had my moment before. Okay. I also think now that I've had children, though, it would have been hard too because I could imagine there would have been times where something amazing happened or they were really cute or something. Yes, and I didn't want to And rub you it didn't in. want to be like, like now, like one of them will do something cute and I'll send you a photo and be like, oh, my God, look what he, he or she did. constantly, yes. And... You couldn't probably have done that. And I absolutely didn't. Yeah. I did so it to I think an extent. It, I, I always wanted to include you. I never wanted you to feel left out. But I was very empathetic 
to and the I situation. I didn't want to be like, look how adorable my newborn baby is. Oh, look how adorable this baby is. Look at all my three children. Look how happy they are. Like, I would never do that. I know. I'm so not I that think, type of I think it's just as much as it would have been. And for me, seeing people get pregnant, it didn't. It was like, a, oh, I wish I could do that. Right. I wish that was me. Yeah. But it was never, I wouldn't wish what I went through. On anyone. On anyone. Yeah. The amount of messages I get of mm. girls going through it is just. Okay. I want to ask you one last question. How did I support you in a way? Like, or how do you support someone going through infertility? What's the best way to do it? So for me, look, everyone's different. I'm a talker. Like yeah. I'm an oversharer. That's probably something we have in common. Oh my god, we do. Yeah. Right, so if you ask me how my day was, I'd probably tell you I just had surgery and yeah. <laughs> I just had a leaky tube removed. <laughs> yeah. So for me, I felt very comfortable talking always about talking it. Always talking about right? it. Yep. For me, it was therapeutic. I you, al- so you wanted you always wanted people to ask because remember people would tiptoe around you. And- I, I I hated being. Yeah. It's okay. I hated people feeling sorry for me. Yeah, because I don't I don't feel sorry for me. I'm not dying. Yeah, yeah. I, I've been dealt with a shit circumstance, but yeah. don't feel sorry for me. I don't want I don't want you to be like oh pity me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But don't ignore. Talk about the bear in the room, right? Yeah. Don't you say, hey, how are you going today? How are you feeling? Yeah. Do you want to talk about it or do you want to just go and grab a coffee? So for me, the biggest advice I would I would say is to talk to someone. Find preferably if you can find people that are going through it that's even more ideal because I'm sure too, just like when you had your first baby, the best thing you could have done was find other newborn mummies, yes? So for me, finding people that were going through IVF, that's when I became friends with Lee and Christy from overseas. Finding people that would... I believe I was the uh, person who got you into contact with both yeah, of them. Yeah, you were. Yeah. But it's honestly, I'm a friendship matchmaker. <laughs> it's honestly the best thing ever because... It's you, so important to have that exchange, support person. You exchange stories and I know you're probably over time. <laughs> I've gone for an hour. I'm going to tell you one more story. Okay, that, you got one minute. The, the day that I went, I'm going to say live, on not and I, and I told people my story, right? Yeah. And it was the day... I did it once, but then when I fell pregnant again, I had a girl reach out to me and she said to me, can I call you? Uh, Random, Mm. random girl. And she said, I'm not going to say her name just in case she listens. And she rang me and she was like, hi, you know, it's really weird, but I just want to know what you did. Can you, I've had a horrible experience. I've had one baby. I've been too scared to go back and have another baby, but can you tell me what you did? Right. I went through everything, told her what I did, suggested doctors, suggested things to do. Never heard from her again. Didn't expect to. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't even know how many weeks later I got a message saying, hi, Lauren. From the same girl? Yeah. Just to let you know. I don't know if you remember me. We spoke, blah, blah, blah. But I went and did what you said. I spoke to the doctors you told me to do. And just to let you know. Oh God! <laughs> she said, "Just to let you know, I've just walked out of my first scan, and I just saw my little baby's heartbeat." Oh. <laughs> and I remember thinking, you know, maybe I was meant to have that phone call. With maybe her. I was meant to go through this. Like maybe mm. you know, if I can help, I help one person get. She had a little boy. Oh, cute. but I, you know, if you talk. You just need to open up because yeah. as soon as you speak to someone, you don't, you never know. Just having a conversation with somebody, how much it can help them, how much it can change their life. Yeah, yeah. And and people shy away from talking about. I don't really know why. I don't know if it's an embar. I think it's an embarrassment thing. Females feel like they need to be able to have a baby, and if they can't, they're yeah. But anyway, talk about it. Find a friend. Be vulnerable. Put it all out there Be because raw. it was honestly the best decision I made. I found doctors because of it. I and I, I would have no doubt if I didn't meet the girls that I met, I wouldn't have my babies now. Yeah, I'll stop talking. <laughs> okay, how long okay. was that supposed to that's, go for? Uh, like thirty minutes, but that's okay. People will ask for keep asking me for a longer podcast, and do you, I think it's going to be really helpful. I think it's really informative, and I think I think there are so many people that are going through infertility and all they ever want is to know they're not the only to know ones. that they're not alone yeah and yeah i i think i think people will really enjoy hearing from you
Thanks, Bez. Oh, thank. And to oh, be we honest, didn't even touch on the Bez story. We have literally not touched on so many things. I'm going to have to get you back. You actually nailed your first podcast debut. Oh, look, I'm going to. I don't want to hear my my pants. I don't want to hear my voice back. No, you'll sound fine. I hate my own voice back as well, but I've kind of come to terms with it. No, you sound good. Okay, I've got to go to the toilet. All right, thank you so much. I hope you have enjoyed hearing from the Bez. <laughs> um, we'll touch on our nicknames maybe on another podcast. 2.0. 2.0. Thank you so much for listening <clears throat> and like and subscribe and uh, that's it. I love <laughs> you all and I'll see you again next week. And see you. Bye. 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 <laughs>